Hebrews chapter number 12. I'd like to say thank you as well. What a blessing it's been to be here, amen, just to enjoy the fellowship of God's people and hear some good preaching. Be challenged, amen, by good preaching. I love that. And sometimes you hear things and, you, can, you know, your eyebrows just raise a little bit. And you, but, man, once you digest it, it'll go down, amen. It goes down and you just think about it and process it, and, amen. And I'm glad he brought some smart preachers, amen, because... If it had been just me, we'd be in trouble, amen. But I really just want to leave you with a simple thought and kind of get out of the way, but um, let's look at Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. The Bible says in this familiar passage, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. You know, I've heard a lot of messages on laying aside the weights. And sometimes we're so, we're so humanistic in our thinking, we want to lay aside the weights. I haven't heard near so many on the sins which so easily beset us, amen? But we need to get rid of them both. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author of, and finisher of my, our faith. That's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. And the brother asked me, well, what's your favorite hymn the other day? And I, I, it's a rotating, I have rotating favorites. Right now, I like Be Still My Soul. Right now, that's on my favorite list. But it changes all the time. Amen? It changes all the time. This verse is one of my favorites. Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we're thankful, Lord, for the opportunity once again to open your word. Lord, I thank you for how it speaks to us, works in us, changes us, Lord, cleans us out. God, I pray that you'd help just in these few moments, Lord, to be a blessing to your people. Lord, if I could just leave one thought in their minds, Lord, it would be this. And so I pray that you'd help me in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we live in this uh, social media world, amen, and everybody thrives and survives on thumbs up, thumbs up. If you have a YouTube channel, you want thumbs up. If you have an Instagram, you want thumbs up. If you make a post, everybody just wants thumbs up. And sometimes that's what they think this cloud of witnesses is. They think it's a big group of the saints of God that have gone on before that are just looking down and... You know, I don't think that's at all what it is. That's not at all what it is. That cloud of witnesses is not your personal fan club, amen? They're not up there. You know, what we talk about when we go to heaven, we look forward to being with the Lord, and we're going to be worshiping at His throne, and you know, that is the day every Baptist will shout. Amen? It doesn't really matter what you do with it down here, but one day you will be saying, Alleluia, Alleluia, glory to the Lamb, and we'll be doing that forever, Amen? So, you know, some of us practice more than others, amen? 
Now, what you have down practicing, the piano playing around here is phenomenal, amen? Everybody that sits down there, you know, and, and we practice more shouting on the East Coast, but if we all practice something when we get there, we'll be able to use it for the Lord, amen? But um, that cloud of witnesses, I don't believe at all it's a, it's a cheerleading club. Amen. I don't believe they're spending their beginning of eternity in glory just looking out over the balconies of heaven and looking down. I mean, everybody loves that thought, you know, when we're doing right. <laughs> we love that thought when we're doing, when we're in church and it's good and you just, you know, you just had a great service and you think, boy, I'll bet Grampy's looking down over the balconies of heaven and he's just saying, well done. That's not what they're doing. I really. Well, you say, what are they? I don't really know what they are doing, but I doubt it's that. I think about if I'm with my Lord, amen, and I'm in a glorified body, and I'm like He... It, you all look like I'm crushing your bubble right now, but, you know, we're in a glorified body. We are thinking like He is. We're at... You know, all that's going on. I doubt we're spending all of our time... How's my son doing? How's my daughter doing? Amen. I believe that cloud of witnesses are there as a testament. They're a witness to some things that we're going to need. When you, you get to this passage of Scripture, you've just read through Hebrews chapter 11. What a moving chapter Hebrews chapter 11 is. I mean, when you get down here to the end of this chapter after reading the... Uh, the, the, the personal stories of so many of these great uh, people of God here. He gets down there in verse 33, it says, or 32, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms. Man, that's something to look up to, amen? Subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of... I don't have time to preach on all these things, but man, if you just stop and think about what the Bible's saying, it's pretty impressive. Stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Look at this. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured. Just think about that. Just think about that. Not accepting deliverance. Man, we're so soft. We are so soft. Amen, we get out there, we're playing sports, things don't go our way, we're hurting, we're losing, oh, just time to end it, just quit. I don't understand that, amen. I certainly wouldn't want to fight with you. Amen. They, they were tortured and would not accept deliverance. Amen. That they might obtain a better Resurrection. You just need to stop sometimes and ponder that and let your mind just sit on that for a while. They would not accept deliverance because they were so looking forward to a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. You know, one of my favorite characters is Stephen. He preached one message 
Amen. He preached one message and got stoned. Amen. I mean, he, he was a deacon. He was just a good, but boy, he let him have it. Have you read that message? What a message that was, amen? And they rocked him to sleep, amen? And he went to be with the Lord. But you know, he looked up there and he saw the Lord Jesus standing at the right hand of God. We're not going to get into all that, amen? But man, what a thing that was. What a man, what a man, amen? He was stoned. They were sawn asunder. My. Tempted. Slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. The world was not worthy of them. Amen. I wonder, I just wonder sometimes, I put myself there, I say, I wonder if the Lord would ever say anything like that about me. Amen. You know, I, I don't care what people say about me. I know I'm different and all that, and you're different too. You just don't realize it, amen. We're, we're all different, amen. amen. But you know, I really, I'm past caring what people think, amen. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth, and these all having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect, and then wherefore seeing we are compassed about. Amen. These, these men and women of Hebrews chapter 11 are there to serve as a witness and a testimony of what it takes to bring pleasure to God. To bring pleasure to the Lord. To please the Lord. Amen. And I just want to preach on a real simple thought here tonight of I just want to please the Lord. Amen. Amen. I have learned in my life you cannot please everybody. You're never going to please everybody. Amen. If you please, if you, if you spend all your time trying to please the, the church members that sit on this side, you will displease the church members sitting on that side. Amen. We come into church every Sunday morning at our place and I'm always hot, so it is always freezing cold. When we walk, we, we just have these little mini split systems. We don't have this uh, nice uh, constant temperature that you have. And when it warms up in there, amen, those things start spitting ice cubes. And you know what? It makes every lady in there very upset. And it makes all the men in there very happy. Amen. And you know what I realized? I'm never going to keep everybody happy. Some are going to be cold, some are going to be hot, amen, and you know that's the way it is in Christian life. Some are going to be cold, some are going to be hot, some are going to want it easier, some are going to want it harder, but I just want to please the Lord. That's all I want. And in Hebrews chapter 11, you have many examples of people Yes, they had faults. Yes, they had failures. But yes, they pleased God. Amen. By faith. Amen. They pleased the Lord. And folks, tonight, I just want to please the Lord. And I don't know what you're living for. Amen. I don't know what makes you happy. I don't know what gets you going. Amen. But as for me, I just want to please the Lord. 
Amen. I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't know what, what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing. Amen. We just went through two years of, you know, COVID and all that. And boy, I'll tell you, that ripped apart a lot of churches. Amen. You could not please everybody. You could have done this or done that. And what, if you did too much, those ones were mad. And if you didn't do enough, those ones were mad. And boy, it just was not a comfortable time in the church. Amen. It was difficult. But you know what? Every day I got up through that whole thing and I had people pulling me this way and people pulling me this way. And I said, Lord, I just want to please you. What do you get up in the morning and say? Amen. What is the purpose of your day? Who are you trying to make happy? Amen. I just want to please the Lord. And one of my favorite characters in Hebrews chapter 11 is the one I want to look at this evening. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 23. I want to look at Moses here. And Moses, the Bible says, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Can I say, <coughs> number one, if you want to please the Lord, you're going to have to reverence him. Holy and reverend is His name, the Bible says. Amen? And you know, when we look at Moses here, one of the great things about Moses we see in this passage is his parents here, Amram and Jochebed, uh, they were made of some good stuff. While everybody else was feeding their children to the crocodiles, amen, they were hiding their child because they reverenced God more than they reverenced the king. And I'm telling you, if you want to please God, you are going to have to put Him on the throne of your life. You know, there's a lot of people that are going to vie for your attention. There's a lot of people that are going to vie for your approval. But if you want to please God, you're going to have to obey Him above all else. That's what they did. That's what they did. Uh, their faith drove out their fears. Hey, Ben, you think that they didn't get up and think about, oh boy, another day, we're going to have to try and hide, we're going to have to try and keep him quiet, we're going to have to try, you know, all these kind of things. But the Bible says, hey, they, the Bible tells us that they hid him because they were not afraid of the king's commandments. Hey, Amen. you're going to have to reverence him in order to please the Lord. Amen. In our homes and in our lives, we've got to put God on the throne. Amen? Is He on the throne of your home? That's a question we've got to ask. Do you reverence Him in your life? You know, that was the only way Moses made it all the way through. Amen? Was following the example of his parents. Amen? He reverenced the Lord. They reverenced the Lord. And their attitude was, you know, I know what the rules are. I know what the laws are. I know what the expectation is. But this is a good child, and God's blessed us with a good child. And, and you know, we fear God more than we fear the king. Amen? That's a question we're going to have to ask ourselves as these days go on. We were talking a little bit about politics this afternoon at lunch. It's, the future is grim. I don't care what side of it you're on, you know, conservative or, you know, PPC or wherever you are on the map, it's a really grim future when you're looking to the government. 
Amen. Nobody's going to be there to make it easier. We, we may be able to put the brakes on, but it's never going to come to a stop. You know, in this country, we're never going to vote for a prime minister who is anti-abortion. We are never again going to vote for a prime minister who is uh, against that LGBTQ crowd. We're never going to have that again. Amen. So you better put him on the throne if you want to please the Lord. He's going to have to be number one. Amen. Look down in verse number 24, Hebrews 11 and verse number 24. It says, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now just put yourself there. Just put yourself there. You know, as he was a little boy growing up, things were one way. But as he, as he got older and he, you know, he began to mature and he began to learn things and he, he, he realized that he didn't look like the rest of the people he was growing up around and things were a little different for him. The Bible says he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. If you want to please the Lord, you are going to have to refuse the pleasures of this world. There's a lot of pleasure out there in this world. Amen? The church is losing young people to the pleasure of this world, left, right, and center. There's a lot of pleasure. And you know that season, it talks about, we say, wow, the pleasure of sin doesn't last. You know what I've seen in, 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 in people? The pleasures of sin can last the whole season of their life. Sometimes that season is their entire life. Amen? I've seen some walk out and never come back. Sometimes that season is shorter. Sometimes that season is longer. But the reality of it is, if you want to please the Lord, you're going to have to refuse the pleasures of the world. Amen. You're going to have to find some pleasure in the Lord. Man, that message Brother Farley preached was such a blessing to me. That ride in Aminadib's chariot, amen. Thank God for the ride. You know what I was as a kid? I was that little kid, and you got on the chariot, and you didn't know where you were going. You didn't know what you were doing, amen. But when that ride came to an end, you said, do I have to get off? One more ride? Can I go around one more time? That was me. Amen. And folks, honestly, I don't, I don't know what thrills you. I don't know what thrills you, but, you know, all that thrills my soul is Jesus. That's not real convincing. It's not convincing. Amen. Man, we get out there on the ball field and we're, you know, we're ribbing each other and, you know, we're carrying on out there and we're cheering for winning and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then the world sees all that and then they walk into the church house and here we are. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. It does not look very thrilling. Amen. It doesn't look that thrilling. Amen. We're more thrilled over the play. We get more, we get more laughter. Amen. We get more smiles. We get more joy. We get more happiness out of the carnal things of this life than we do the spiritual things. Do you not think that for Moses, amen, that there, there was not a lot of enjoyment he could have had just by acknowledging that he was being raised by Pharaoh's daughter? Everything was at his disposal. Every opportunity was his. Every privilege was his. Nothing would have been withheld from him. And yet, as he came to age, he said, you know what? No. No. I'm not going to take the privilege that comes 
with being called the son. Because you know what? I'm not that. You know, we have to, praise God, he gives us all things to enjoy. Amen. He gives us all things to enjoy, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. But you know, a lot of times those things get us. Those things get us. Amen. You, sometimes you get Christians, they get more passionate talking about politics. They get more passionate talking about the latest conspiracies. They get more compa- uh, passionate talking about all these uh, different things than they do about the things of God. We laugh, we carry on, we joke, and then we come inside the church house and we get serious about the things of God and all of a sudden it's quiet. Amen. Everybody's just turning. You know, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Amen. you got too much pleasure in those things, not enough pleasure in the things of God. Amen. You're going you're to have to refuse those pleasures. Amen. The pleasures of the world and the will of God are at opposition with each other. You're going to have to decide, I'm going to enjoy these pleasures of this world, or I'm going to please the Lord. You can't do both. Amen? You can't do both. Amen? He refused the pleasures of the world. He reverenced the Lord in his life. He put him in first place. Look at verse 25. It says, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. You know, if you want to please God, you'll just have to rather have Him than anything. You have to rather have Him than anything else. Amen? We sing that song. You know, I I say this to our church folks. There's nothing like a good hymn to make a liar out of a Christian. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. Really? Where were you last Sunday when you'd rather have Him than anything? Where were you this morning? Amen. When He was waiting for you in that devotional place. When you'd rather have Jesus than anything. Where is He when God's calling? When the altars are open and God's worked on your heart? Amen. And you're resisting the Spirit. Where is He then when you'd rather have Him than anything? <laughs> There's nothing like a good hymn to make a liar. Amen. The brother, brother Ray preached on that. You know, these, this lying. And I agree, man. Little white lies and, we, and misleading people into believing something that's not true or manipulating the truth to serve your own purpose. Amen. You know the worst hymn in the hymnal? I wish I had given him more. What a stupid song. Why on earth would we stand here and sing, by and by, when I look on his face, I wish... I had given him more. When you're standing here and you can do something about it right now. Well, I, I wish I'd have been a better witness. Well, I wish I'd have, I wish when I stand before him, I wish, listen, to me that song's dumb. Why? It's, it's a, you sing that and it's an admission that you're not doing all that you could be doing to please the Lord. Now, a song I like, I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus? Amen. I like that question. I like that ask. I don't like the definitive statement, by and by, when I look on his face, I wish I'd given him more. 
I want to give him all I can now. Amen. While I can do something about it, while I'm breathing, amen. You're not going to stand before the Lord one day and pour out all your regrets upon Him. You have breath in your body now. Do all you can for Him now. Amen. You've got to rather have Him now. Rather have Him than anything this world affords. Amen. Moses had a choice. Moses was the friend of God. That didn't just happen, amen. You know what he said? I'd rather suffer affliction. I'd rather not be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I would rather identify with the Lord than have all of these things. Amen. Would you rather please him than anything else? Amen. You know, I heard a preacher say one time, and I, I agree wholeheartedly, we need a good divorce from public opinion. And you know what else you need? You need a good divorce from a lot of Christians' opinions. Christians are very opinionated on how you ought to be living and how you ought to be doing and, you know, what, what your Christian spiritual life is. Well, you know, they're just, I think that's all phony. I don't think that's real. I, you know, I just say, you know, just, just, who cares? I just want to please the Lord. Amen? I just want to please the Lord. You know, in verse number 26, the Bible says that he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. Amen? You know, if you want to please God, you're going to have to relish the reproach. This Christian life isn't a life of ease. It's not a life of comfort in this life. You're not going to be accepted by everybody and made to feel welcome by everybody and make everybody happy. You're just going to have to enjoy the fact that to follow Christ and to serve Christ is a reproach. You may as well forget about fitting in. Forget about being accepted. Amen. Paul told us to endure hardness. He said in, in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. He said, I take pleasure in that. Amen. He said, for when I am weak, then am I strong. He said, I, I become a fool in glorying. Hey man, he just gloried in his reproaches. He gloried in the necessities. He gloried in the infirmities that he had. He said, I'm just a fool for glorying. Amen. And that's, that's the way the world's going to look at you, and that's the way a lot of church people are going to look at you too. What a fool. What a fool. How can, they, how can he rejoice in that? He said this, he said, I'm become a fool in glorying. Ye have compelled me, for I ought to have been commended of you. For in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Paul took pleasure in his reproach. And if you want to please God, you're just going to have to relish the reproach. Amen? You know, when you get mocked for the way you dress, when you get mocked for the conversations you won't involve yourself in, when you get ridiculed for going to Golden Plains Baptist Church, you're just going to have to relish that. Just going to have to enjoy it. Amen. You know, our church is not well liked in our community either. I know it's an amazing surprise, probably, to you, but they don't like us either. Amen. But it's a funny thing. We have a, 
uh, a community of 900 people. And the one thing that they do know, whether they like us or not, is there's more cars in our parking lot on a Sunday than anywhere else in town on any other day. They can't understand that. And I relish that. Amen? When they drive by and they curse out the window at you, or you know how they, they love to do, they really rev their motorcycles up, and all of a sudden the speed limit goes to 150 past the church. I just relish that. So many people get mad. They get upset. How dare they? You know, when they come into your parking lot, amen, and they, you know, you know, uh, do this. Cra- we had just the week of camp meeting. A, a young fellow in our church had a, a motorcycle parked in back of the church, and he'd gone to camp meeting, so he just left it there, and it got stolen <coughs> right out of the back of the church parking lot. And and we knew who it was, amen. And so you say, well, what did you do? Did you get afraid? No, we didn't. We got about 15 of us and we went to get the bike back. <laughs> Amen. We just, we just drove down there and, and knocked on the door. Hey, what are you doing here? I said, you have something that belongs to us. I said, it's right out back of your shed. It's been repainted black, but you come with... And the guy came along and I went out there and I took my knife and I scratched the paint off the top of the tank. And sure enough, underneath there was that teal color. Well, I don't remember taking it. That's, that's what he said. And the officer, the officer that came, we finally had to call the, the police, and he came and he said, why did you bring all these people? I said, because I wanted him to know, which we'd had a history, I wanted him to know that we're not to be messed with. That that's God's property. And I said, I know what's going to happen. I said, you guys are going to take him in. You're going to add, add on to what he's already got going on the rap sheet. And I said, by the end of the evening, he's going to be back out on the street. So I said, what I needed him to know is that the people at Amazing Grace Baptist Church are not pushovers, and we will take care of things if we have to. He said, that's a good idea. <laughs> he said, that's a good idea. Amen. He, he asked, the officer asked, what, what are you here for? I said, vigilante justice. <laughs> Amen. You don't have to be a pushover in this world. You don't have to be cowered down by this world. Amen. You say, what would you have done? Honestly, I really don't know. I don't know what we would have done. Amen. Thank God we didn't have to do anything. It got taken care of, amen. They took him off. They, they, uh, they took his fingerprints. They added on to the rap sheet that he already had, and they let him go that night. That's what happened. Amen. But, but I mean, we got one more thing added on there, and one of these times, maybe they'll put him away for good. You say, man, I'm, man I, I don't know. I relish that. I relish that. Amen. Yes, it's a reproach. You're not going to expect to be accepted by this world. But you know what? I don't care. I just want to please the Lord. No, I like it when you can please people and the Lord. But it doesn't happen that often. It doesn't happen that often. Amen. That's why he said in Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. You know, that cross became a joy to him. Amen. Where's the joy in our Christian life? And listen, I know that it's not always exemplified by shouting and raising your hands and all that kind of stuff, but do you have joy in your Christian life? 
The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And on Brother Harold Leak, I don't know how many of you knew Brother Harold Leak, but he used to have a song. It said, if you're happy, please notify your face. <laughs> and he used to sing that. Amen. We've we got to have the joy of the Lord, folks. It is a blessing just to walk with him. Amen. It is a blessing to be in the service of the king. I love that hymn. I'm happy in the service of the king. I'm happy, so happy. Amen you got to relish the reproach. Lastly tonight in verse number 26, the Bible says here, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. You know, if you want to please God, you ought to give respect to the recompense. I have to admit to you, there's a song that kind of gets on my nerves. And I was talking to Mrs. Carlson about it. It's Mansion Over the Hilltop. And you know, because everywhere I go, you know that last verse goes, I want a mansion, a harp, and a crown? Well, you know what happens in churches? They change those three things to whatever it is they want heaven to be. You know, they sing, I want a mansion, a horse, and a crown. Or I want a mansion and a... Something else in a crown. I don't want a harp. I don't like harps. I want a horse. And it just gets so silly and so, so carnal, I thought. But, you know, she gave me a good perspective on that. She said, you know, there's things I do for the Lord, and I'm doing it for a reward. I mean, do any of you want a reward in heaven? Amen. Amen. One sister does. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. You know, we, we ought to have respect for the fact that not only did God save us and give us the best life we could imagine, He gave us an opportunity to earn rewards. You ought to respect that. Amen. You know, we all joke about, and I'm sure you do here, participation trophies. I'm against them too. There's this stupid. Amen. You're not going to get a reward in the Christian life just for being a Christian. Amen. Your works are going to be tried to see what sort of works they are. Amen. And I'll tell you what, I, I didn't think about it in that light with that song, but I'm going to sing that when we do with a little renewed vigor now. Maybe I can work up a reward. Amen. Because I want some reward. And you know what the Bible says here about Moses? It said he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. I like the way John Wesley said it. He said it like this. He said, That which he bore for believing in the Messiah to come and acting accordingly. For he looked off from all those perishing treasures and beyond all those temporal hardships unto the recompense of reward. This is what I like. Not an inheritance in Canaan. He had no warrant from God to look for this. Nor did he ever attain it but what his believing ancestors looked for, a future state of glory in heaven. Amen. Listen, the best things that come from the Lord, although he's been so good to us here, they're not realized here, folks. Amen. What gets you up in the morning? Amen. What takes you to work each day? Amen. With what attitude do you engage in this world? Amen. As for me, 
I just want to please the Lord. Amen? I just want to please the Lord. You know, whatever in my life, and I've asked the Lord this, whatever in my life, Lord, that does not please you, would you please show me? I don't want it. I don't want it. There's a lot of things that I've had to change in my life over the years just to please the Lord. But that's all I want to do. What's on your bucket list? What do you want to do? Does what the decisions you're making, the situations you're living with, the things that you're doing, is it to please the Lord? Amen. You know, I like to feel good too. I like to be happy and I like to be, you know, have all that energy and just, you know, go, 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 go. And, but you know, does it please the Lord? Amen. What do you want to do with your life? Amen. Wouldn't it be great if we'd all just say, I just want to please Him. I just want to please the Lord. So the invitation is, is your life pleasing to Him? I mean, you can come up with all these reasons why you, you know, well, I, this is the right to do and this. But really, when it boils down to it, if you just did it to please Him, you'd get it right. If you said to the Lord, Lord, I just want to please you, it'd take care of a lot of rules. Amen? Do you want to please Him? Amen? Let's stand together. Father, thank You, Lord, for Your Word. Lord, I know people are tired. Lord, I know it's been, it's been a great week, Lord. I know people are, are weary. Father, I just pray that we could rest in this thought for just a few moments, Lord, of does my life please you? Well, I can't answer that question for anybody else in this room. Lord, I can only ask for myself, Lord, is there anything in me that does not please you? God, I pray that we'd be willing to just give up and get out whatever does not please you. Lord, I pray the desire of our hearts would be, I just want to please the Lord. And I ask this in Jesus' name.